Hi everyone, this is This Chick's Just Saying, coming back for another podcast on my family life. Um, I was just doing some reflecting on the different ones that I've shared with you, and um, I was just thinking of a few things that I had not mentioned, um, probably just because it didn't kind of go with the flow of my thought process, I guess, at the time. So I just wanted to catch you up on a few different things that are also part of my childhood that were just not mentioned in the previous ones. So one thing I wanted to discuss with you, and also too, I, you know what, I was thinking too, that this is pretty cool um, process for myself, being able to kind of share with you and have you like really know my life story because a lot of people get little bits and pieces, but they don't really understand. And it's actually quite therapeutic in a lot of ways for me to share this information because a lot of times I think, man, if you especially when people are complaining about different things and and not that I don't want people to complain or vent their frustrations, but to me, I have a very different perspective as I'm sure a lot of you do um, when you've gone through different things and you hear other people talking about other things and you can only go on your perspective of stuff. And so I will say a lot of the things that I find interesting is I what is a really, really big deal to somebody um, can actually be in my world like it's like kids like one one situation um, like kids who complain about having to unload the dishwasher, say. And I'm like, sweet mother of God, I would have loved to have had a dishwasher. I would have been begging to load the dishwasher, yet in their world, in their perspective, they think that's like horrific and pretty much child slavery, you know, and I remember kind of laughing about that and thinking, oh my God, you have like hot water, comes to your sink, you have dishes, you know, and you're complaining about having to load and empty the dishwasher. Oh my God, you're like my goal. You know, I want to get to a point where I have a dishwasher. So it is kind of interesting and therapeutic in a way, um, me doing this. So I appreciate you coming along for this adventure and just listening to my story. And I really hope it brings you something. I don't know, maybe even if it's just entertainment and you walk away from this thinking, man, this girl's crazy. Um, Or maybe it gives you some inspiration on different things, or maybe it gives you a different perspective on looking at uh, different things in life. I'm not sure what you might take away from it, but I do feel that it's a story that is interesting to be shared. And I hope you enjoy my process. Anyways, so I'll zip it. I'm sitting here now with my coffee and it's in the morning and I thought I was thinking of different things I had forgot to mention. So anyway, so here we go. So in my childhood, some of the things I did do a lot of fun things as well. So I don't want you to think that my childhood was completely awful or negative or whatever. It was what it was, but I tried to have my fun along the way 
as I could. So some of the things I enjoyed doing as a child, which because I grew up in a small, very, very, very small town of like, actually, I don't even know how many people are out there, a couple hundred, but maybe, I don't know. Um, it's, uh, yeah, anyways, very small town. So um, some of the things that I, I did was I would, of course, play with friends because I did make some nice friends out there, which was nice. And we would like go for walks and just pretty much walk around the town and <laughs> which sounds kind of funny, but it was a small town. It wasn't like walking around the city, but, um, but it was fun. You know, we would go and pick berries. We would, you know, find raspberry bushes and actually fiddleheads grew out there. So I remember my mom sometimes would get me to go and pick fiddleheads and I was like, gross but they didn't taste good but she's like oh lots of people would spend lots of money on these and I'm like mm, they can have them but it was kind of cool that fiddleheads grew where we were because that definitely isn't anything I've run across again so and um so some of the other things I I would do is um kind of up by well sledding actually I was just uh popped into my brain um, we would go tobogganing and there was like this really huge hill actually at one of the people that I delivered their papers. There was this huge hill where um, you could climb it and it actually had like a straight shot down the road. So we would try to see how fast we could get going and um, it was pretty fun. Yeah, I will say. So that was pretty cool that, you know, they had that out there. They also had a small ball diamond and I remember I played baseball Um for I want to say maybe two summers, um, one for sure. And I remember there was like a concession and I think one year I helped. Yeah. So I don't know if I played the baseball one year, I played the baseball and, um, and the next summer, maybe I just helped in the concession or something, but it was, um, it was pretty cool. Cause it was just our own little private, like in the, in the little town, baseball field and it was actually a lot of fun and um yeah so I remember doing that and another thing that uh, I did which I was thinking you couldn't really do anywhere unless you were a country person like myself um we or we I me and maybe one other friend and maybe one time I might have taken my brothers I can't remember but I do remember specifically me being in the ditch and there was this one ditch in particular, which was actually up by that same ball diamond and up by, you know, some of my paper route customers, um, where we would go in the ditch and we would actually catch frogs. And it was actually really cool because you could see the whole process of when they go like from eggs to the tadpoles to then to the frogs and we weren't mean to them or anything. We would just catch them and kind of look at them and then, you know, set them down, like put them back. But it was, it was kind of fun. I don't know, dumb fun, I guess. And another thing I used to love to do, which now looking back, I think, oh my God, what? I was nuts. But um, I used to climb this tree. My, uh, one of the friends up the road from me had this playhouse and, um, we right beside the playhouse, um, which was on the ground, um, 
which I remember thinking, oh my God, like she had a, it was so cool. She had like a house and a mom and a dad and a younger brother and she had a playhouse outside and she actually had the raspberry bushes. So it was actually pretty cool. It was like a block up from where I lived. And she had this huge tree that was right beside the playhouse. And we used to climb that tree, me and her. And there must have been, come to think of it, it must have come out from like one big trunk and then had like two thick, well, two trees from that. And it was kind of like a willow tree or something, I believe. But um, it was pretty bendy at the top. So what, what we would do is we would climb up to the very, very, very top as high as we could go and to where the tree was really thin. Um, and we would swing as hard as we could and try to actually get the tree to like curve over as far as we could. And we would have a contest as to who could get theirs to swing over the most. Now, holy Dinah, like, oh my God, I just think now how, thank God that freaking tree didn't snap. And I remember people saying, oh, what are you doing way, way, way up there? You know, that thing could snap. And us in our youthful, ignorant stupidity, we're like, ah, relax, you old people, relax, have fun, Jesus Christ, you know, like, just calm down, you know, but now I look back as a parent going, oh my God, I would kill my child if I saw them up there. But, you know, probably, I don't know. It's, it was crazy, but it was sure fun. And of course, thank God nothing happened, but yeah, I remember thinking like, ah, whatever, you know, just cause you're too scared. Well, don't wreck our fun. So it's kind of funny how you look back at things like that. So I did do a lot of, and I like to um, hang out with my friends and we would listen to music and, you know, play with makeup and all sorts of fun stuff and just dumb fun, you know, girlfriend, dancing, you know, put on the music and just get our groove on and it was lots of fun. So, um, yeah, and actually this one friend, speaking of which, where I actually remember doing dancing and fun, she um, she was loved scary movies. And sometimes during the week, I would go and visit her when my mom was at work or gone to something. And um, actually on that note, this is where I was not very good at being a child parent, basically, is it was my job to make sure that everyone had something to eat. And so because we had chickens and stuff, we would have a lot of shake and bake chicken. And my mom would, um, and we would have like a lot of French fries because we had lots of potatoes. And we were, uh, yeah, we grew up on like fresh cow's milk, um, because across the tracks, there was a family that they had a whole bunch of cows and we would get our milk from them. And um, and it was actually really cool because it would come in this huge, huge, huge mason jar. And, um, and we literally, like the top, say, five inches would be cream. And um, yeah, it was amazing. It was amazing. So... Um, 
anyways, that's what we ate. And um, so a lot of times my mom would always say, okay, you need to have a meat, a vegetable, and like, well, usually French fries or potatoes or whatever. So, and I got in big trouble if like that was a big deal. They had to have meat and vegetables and that. And so I will say sometimes because I didn't want to, we would cook the chicken and have the chicken all cooked up. And then I would tell the kids or the boys, my brothers to say, Hey, if mom calls, you know, I'm just going over to play with my friend. If mom calls, tell her you had this vegetable, like tell her we had corn with it tonight, but here's the chicken. It's all cooked, you know, and, um, and I'm just gonna go over and play. So, um, that worked a few times. And then one time my mom busted me and holy crap, was she mad? She was not very happy. So yeah, but what do you do? I was a kid. I was a kid who just wanted to have a normal life and go and play with my friends once in a blue moon. So, but I made sure all the other stuff was done. So anyway, so that was not cool. She got really mad. Well, yeah, I felt bad, but I wanted to go play with my friends. So anyway, so yeah, so I did have, you know, some fun stuff that we would do. And um, another thing that we did too growing up was, like I had mentioned, that my mom was involved with AA and um, I went to Alatina and different things. Um, we would go to roundups all the time. Now, a roundup is like, um, kind of like a convention or, uh, kind of thing where basically everybody from AA, um, can go to these and they would plan them all over. Like there'd be one in just an outlying town. There'd be one in like a town that was quite far away. They had them all over the place. And, um, and basically what it was, was you bought tickets to it and you went and there was always like lots of meetings and stuff throughout the day and you could sit there and listen to speakers talk about how the program had affected their life and how it's helped and get like inspiration and just a sense of community with all the other people that are involved in AA and it was neat and they would be from all over the place like, so just because say here we hosted one, um, in the town, like in the city where I lived, um, obviously not in the tiny little outline town that we had, but in the city, um, that was close to our town, we hosted one every year. Um, and people would come from all over the place, like all over BC and all over wherever, wherever, whoever wanted to come, you just buy a ticket and you come and it was a really, really big deal. And then there was some smaller roundups just in the, some of the smaller outlying areas and, um, they would have them and, you know, say a couple hundred people would go to that. Um, or even maybe just like a hundred. Well, yeah, no, it's probably a couple hundred people or a hundred, you know, it was, it was on a smaller scale, but there was a much, much bigger scale, uh, on the, the main, main one each year that was done in the city where I was. Um, but anyway, so yeah, we would go to roundups and it was actually really cool because, um, we got to do really neat things. Like, um, I got to sleep in a real life teepee, which was so cool. Um, sorry, lots of ums there. And we, 
like when do you ever get the experience of going and sleeping in a teepee? And actually, it was too funny because when I was list or watching the movie Vacation, the new one, um, it was so cool because that teepee that's in that movie, uh, it was exactly like the teepee that I got to sleep in. So you had like basically all these people around and you could light a fire inside the middle and it would keep it really really warm and so it was actually pretty neat um and we i also got to experience too a sweat lodge with going to these roundups and stuff um that was really cool and anyone who i don't know if any of you listening are native or whichever and it was so neat to actually be experienced with a sweat lodge. And I've, I've seen them quite a few times and I've been in them a couple times. And it is a pretty awesome experience. So if you ever get the opportunity to be invited, which is a huge wow. Like if you're invited to a sweat lodge, that's a pretty intimate and personal invite. Like, not just anyone can go into a sweat lodge. It's, for one, they're very, very, very rare. And it's really cool because they have it all set up and there's all these hot rocks. And it's a lot of work to do it, but it's pretty cool. It's it's a man-made, basically, sauna. But it's a lot more than that. It's like all... I don't know. It's really cool. It's very like spiritually cleansing and all this stuff. But for me as a kid, I was just kind of like, ooh, it was a nice hot steamy room and and where you just kind of sat there and you're quiet and you just kind of were at peace with yourself. And it's it's a really, really, it's actually the ultimate meditation to really, because I'm a big baby and I get cold. So to be somewhere where it's super cozy hot and um, and you get to sit there and just kind of meditate and just relax and be there with yourself and your own thoughts. It's um, it's a pretty huge compliment anyways, if you get invited to one. So just throwing that out there. If you ever get the chance, highly recommend it. But yeah, and um, so that was pretty cool. So those are things that definitely were unusual and but good unusual. So like even though you have a lot of shit thrown your way and stuff like that, you can still take away positive things. Because if my mom hadn't have been an alcoholic, if she hadn't have been involved in AA, I would have never been exposed to those things as well. So even though sometimes, yes, you get exposed to the negative part of things, you also get exposed to positive things that come from the negative things. So that's something that I really want to kind of throw out there that, you know, there is a lot of crap out there, but you know what? From that crap, sometimes you get some pretty awesome stuff, right? So, and that's something that not many people got to experience and that was that's a plus so it's um it's not always got to be a negative experience so anyways and um also too I was thinking that in uh, me growing up I kind of I don't remember if I touched on this or not but um when I would go to sleep at night I remember I would lie there and um, when I would go to sleep 
I had mentioned that we had cats and we had mice and stuff, but I remember going to sleep and, and I would hear them chewing in the walls. And so sometimes I'm like, would you shut the hell up? Cause I gotta go to sleep. And they'd be, you'd hear them scurrying up and down inside the walls and hear this choo, 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 choo. And they're just like, yum, 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 chewing away at the wood, obviously. And I'm thinking, I sure hope they don't break through. And, you know, I end up, but they never did. So, which was good. Um, but yeah, that was something that was kind of disturbing a bit. I was like, oh my God, but also kind of just annoying. Um, because they were just so noisy and of course, and I don't know, maybe they did it during the day, but when it's quiet at night and you're trying to sleep, it's like, Oh my God, just shut up. I need to go to sleep. So also too, uh, another thing I was thinking too is, um, our house, because it was not the most sanitary, um, it would, it did not smell very good. So basically, I remember being very, very paranoid about that. And I would also, too, because I had mentioned like that we would hang our clothes on the clothesline. Um, and I didn't have the option of just fluffing up my clothes before I went to school. So if you've ever dried clothes on a clothesline, especially jeans that end up being like cardboard, um, they would be, or really wrinkled, you know, um, I always used to iron my clothes, um, and my mom would be like, you know, like I'm such a princess or something. And, uh, because I wanted to look like the other kids. So I was forever ironing my shirts, even like just a t-shirt or a sweater, because it's amazing how, when you just always just had a dryer, how wrinkly things get just from drying au naturel. And it's not like we use fabric softener or anything. So, um, or I don't think so anyways. Uh, anyways, so yeah. So basically I ironed my clothes a lot just to try to basically fit in and to, and I always was nervous about how I smelled, um, because, I, when you walked into our house, it literally took your breath away. Like you're like, whew. And I used to call it our willow smell. Um, and uh, <laughs> later on my mom, when she would be her version of dressed up, which was kind of funny and I'll get into that, uh, maybe another time, but basically she'd be in nice clothes with like hillbilly boots and, a hillbilly fucking coat. And I'd be like, Oh my God, mother, that you not have changed your like her boots would be literally like ones you would wear out to snowmobiling you know like where it's like up to your knee or maybe just just below and they're meant for like minus 40 and I'm not saying they're not practical but she would wear those I remember when she was working later on one time she came she had dress pants on and she had um a shirt on and oh my god this was another thing which is so funny so uh, she had like this sheer white shirt and I'm like, mom, uh, I can see your bra. Like, cause um, when you would wear a blouse, it would be basically very sheer, right? It was the style. And I'm like, mom, like I can see your bra. You should maybe wear like a what did they call it? Not a camisole or something, but like, you know, kind of like a shirt underneath it. 
because I literally can see like the lace in your bra. And she goes, oh, honey. And she's like, like (laughs) she would do that to me all the time. She's like, at least I'm wearing a bra. And I'm like, oh my God. Yes. Thank God for that. (laughs) Could you imagine? Oh my God. She was like, wearing a sheer shirt with no bra oh my god that'd be horrifying so and she would wear so I'm like yep kudos okay you got me there and she was like ah you're such a prude like geez lady relax is how she'd always kind of talk to me she was like anyways it was kind of funny I was just like oh my god I didn't even think of not wearing a bra as an option I'm like, oh my God, yes, okay, thank you, you've done that, but I would strongly encourage you to maybe wear a camisole underneath. Um, and she would wear her like big gray hillbilly snow boots, basically, um, which are great for out in the town where we live, but not when you're going to dinner at the keg, which um, is like a steakhouse and where people spend like, you know, they have steak and lobster and nappies and it's a it's a classy place where you don't wear your hillbilly gear too. Um yeah, anyway, so she was like, Oh you you always worry. Oh my gosh. So she was kinda like that with me, which is funny. Funny, but I was just like, Whatever. Thank God you know, it's I guess your call. So anyway, so yeah, so I used to iron my clothes and, um, and when I would clean up, that was something else. We had a difference of opinion on what tidying up the house was. Her version of tidying up was just getting rid of all, not all, but tidying up the clutter kind of thing. Right. Whereas me, I would tidy up. And then I remember one time or a couple times, a couple different instances where she got really upset because I had, I was cleaning like the grime and the, like, cause we had wood heat. So it'd be very like sticky dust and we had like no ventilation. So it's like kind of like kitchen sticky grime, you know, um, on like our shelves and our TV and different things. And I just kind of wanted our house to kind of be like other friends' houses where they didn't have all that sticky grime and nastiness. And I would like get a a bucket and some soapy water and stuff. And I'd be wiping everything down. And she'd be like, don't worry about that. Don't worry about it. Just clean up the surface stuff. Like, God, just this. And and also, too, like our stove, which was horrendous. But it's functional. It heated the water. We used to have like a canner on there. um, And that was, and we would always have it going, really. For one, it helped keep some moisture in the air with the with the wood heat. Um, but also, too, it was our basically our hot water tank. So we would always have the hot water going because that's what we used for dishes and for basically sponge bathing and um, or if we, you know. Um, so, yeah, so we would have the hot water going. But anyways, our stove, oh, my gosh, like if you've ever cleaned like a really kind of a nasty like a barbecue, I guess, is what I can actually compare it to now. Like, you know how it gets that, like, thick, greasy, uh, I don't know, buildup on it? 
that's what our stove was just covered in. It was covered in, and probably because, like I said, we like ate fried eggs, um, or you know, and and we would do shake and bake chicken, and we would do, I don't know, we never. Let's just say we never ever cleaned our stove, um, and it was a, uh, yeah. And I remember taking a knife and trying to just kind of clean off all the built up grime all the way around the stove. Um, and she would, oh, that would drive her crazy. Cause she's like, why, why are you spending your effort on cleaning the stove? I'm like, mom, look at all the stuff that's coming off here. She's like, don't like it was a waste of time because it was more practical for me to do other things like, well, the dishes or do, I don't know, but really it's not like I didn't do the dishes either, but just sometimes I would get in cleaning modes where I'm like, oh my God, can we just like live like normal people? And that used to drive her nuts because to her there was, and actually our bathroom sink was like that and our toilet was nasty and our, yeah, it was, um, I just kind of wanted it to look like somebody else's place but anyway she'd always be like oh my god there's so much more important things to do than that like why don't you go get some wood for the fire or why don't you this and uh so anyways let's just say we had a difference of opinion on how to clean up the house but but anyways I was very paranoid um when I went to school and stuff like that so I would iron my clothes every morning um, and because I just wanted to look like the other kids, I didn't want to be, and I always like did my hair and, you know, curled it or something. And maybe that's how she kind of thought I was kind of prissy. Um, and like, ah, who cares? You know, I'm like, well, I do. I just wanted to be a normal kid. And it's amazing too, because you know what? So many kids don't realize how much effort went in to trying to be, look like a normal kid. Um, because too, like I would have like a huge, you know, we always had big dogs and cats and it was a miracle to get out of that house without bumping into something to make me dirty, you know? And I really put a lot of effort into that. And because I just wanted to be, well, as normal, (laughs) as I, as I could. So anyway, so that's just kind of interesting. And, um, also too, we did have, I was thinking too, that I didn't really mention. I did have an auntie that lived in town, uh, which was my dad's sister. And she was a really, really sweet lady and she was really nice. And we would see her a couple times a year and she would invite us over and she would just kind of visit like, Hey, how's it going? She wasn't like as judgy as my grandma, the, my dad's mom, um, which was never, I never really saw. Um, but I, it was a lot more of a casual setting, which was awesome. And I remember one time too, like, I think I got to even stay overnight there and it was nice. And she did, and she was a very, very busy, hardworking woman. And it was really, really awesome. I had more of her and my sister because my sister ended up living with my dad, her and my sister, 
um, were very close. They were a lot closer than me. I was kind of the outside oddball there. So when um, we would meet up, um, her and my sister got along really well. And just because they had been exposed to more times where maybe they chatted or something. But um, I kind of felt a little bit uncomfortable and... I, I definitely, there was a, a difference on, you know, how well she knew me and how well she knew my sister. And so um, it was good, though. She had a nice little backyard, and we would sit out on her little, like, picnic table, and she had, like, a gazebo, and she lived in uh, in the, the city that, like, you know, about 45-minute drive from where I lived. Um, and... I remember, like, my mom, too, the vehicles, oh, my gosh, that we would have. I remember one time when we got dropped off, we had this red car that my mom, it was, like, such a huge deal. Is there, no, actually, no, it couldn't have been a brand-new car. So, actually, that, that came later. But, anyways, we had this car, and I remember we had a piece of wood on the bottom of, um, in the back seat, there was a piece of wood, because there was a hole in the bottom of the floor, that was about the size of a dinner plate and so there was a piece of wood underneath like a mat and so we had to be careful that it didn't like shift out or anything so I remember we would like unload from the vehicle and um, we would go and kind of spend the day with my aunt and my mom would go off and do whatever and, and not that they didn't get along it just probably gave mom time to I don't know, go do some of the errands, like maybe go grocery shopping or go whatever. I don't know, have kid-free time and not... Yeah, I don't know what she did. But anyways, uh, we would sit there and hang out with her without my mom. And my mom would come in, you know, later on to come get us. And she would, like, come and say hi and how's things going and, you know, kind of thing. They weren't ever... There was no you know, tension or anything, but, um, but yeah, so we would hang out with her and, and she was really, really good about, you know, she, she made a conscious effort to stay in contact with us, which at the time I didn't really understand how much effort she put in. And later on, I did end up saying to her, like, cause I, I kind of did feel that she thought she was better than us and and which she was like well not better as people and that was my thing too where I was just like you know what just because I'm poor it doesn't mean I'm less of a person just because I'm not where you are financially um don't look down on me you know that was a big thing and and because I have no choice as to what family I'm born into just because I wasn't born into your family that was more stable doesn't mean this is just a temporary situation. This doesn't define me. And that's something actually that I really, really, really want you guys to take from this is that depending where you are in life and depending like where you are doesn't need to define you because once you can make better choices and like for me as a kid, 
I'm just surviving my childhood. Once I become an adult and I have my life and I can choose, you know, what I want to do, then, then I can choose. But you have no choice as to what family you're born into. And I'm not saying that my family was awful people, but our, our financial dynamics was very limited. And that's what I kind of always knew what I didn't want. I didn't ever want to live that same lifestyle. And even though it made me very grateful for what I have, but um, now, but I, I, I didn't like it when people looked down on, on me because I had no money, because as a child, you have no choice to change that. You know, it is what it is. And so, but then when I'm an adult, then I will have different choices that I can make. So anyway, so I did feel a little bit that she sort of, you know, looked down on us, but really, I think it was more my issue. I think if anything, she felt sad that we had to live that way. It wasn't really uh, looking down on us like we weren't good or whatever. It was more of a, she felt bad and just wanted us to have like a, a nice normal kind of day of a day in the life of a, of an average normal person in society that has a comfortable living. They're not, they're not rich, but they're comfortable, right? So do try to kind of think of that too, that sometimes I think we're more sensitive and, and I find that now, like, I don't want to be judged because I am more financially stable than I was because I'm still that same person kind of reminds me of, um, Jennifer Lopez's song, Jenny from the Block, um, you know, because you really still are that person, but just because you have more money now um, doesn't mean that you're a snobby know-it-all. If anything, you're like where I am. I'm more like, oh my God, don't worry. This is just a temporary situation. Like once you can do better, you will do better. You know, it's your choices that you're going to make, which is going to change your situation. So, and I'm not saying that life shit doesn't get thrown at you, even though you do make good choices, because definitely I can understand that because that has happened to me. But again, just trying to keep making good choices. And when opportunities pop up, you're freaking jump all over that, you know, whereas other people in my family have chosen not to take advantage of situations and opportunities that were thrown their direction Instead, they go, nope. But then in the next breath, they're a victim, right? Because they're like, oh, what was me? I don't have this. So, and I'm like, yeah, but that's because you choose not to, you know? So they just, that frustrates me. That is one thing that so frustrates me because you can't be a victim if it's what you've chose to do. You're, you know, because as a victim, you have no choice you have no control, you have no power, but you do have power. You have the power to make choices all the time. So it's just learning how to use them. So, and if life happens to throw you shit, well, you make yourself through that storm and then you do what you can to put yourself in a better situation. So, but anyway, so yeah, so my auntie did uh, come and visit us, which was nice. And my uncle Bob did actually come out to uh, the small town where we lived a few times as well. And 
it also, he didn't come very often, which, and I just adored him. He was so nice and so, me and him got along really great. He was just a normal person. And it actually, I kind of asked him like, how come you don't come and visit more often? And he was busy, like he was busy getting his life together and he didn't live in the same town that we lived. He lived about three hours away from where we lived. But later on growing up, he said it was really hard for him to see us living that way. And knowing, which was very frustrating, knowing that he could have helped, like he tried to say, let me get you some running water. Like, let me, because he used to actually build houses and stuff. Like, he's an amazing, talented guy. And um, and he's like, let me build you some cupboards. Let me build you like this. Like, oh my gosh, you know, I'll come and help you. But my mom was so proud and so stubborn and she wouldn't. Ah, I don't understand it. She had like so many different times where people wanted to help her. Like actually the religious family that I went ended up living, he wanted to come to the, the dad there. He wanted to come and build her some cupboards. Just that she had a place to like put her dishes and to put groceries and to get stuff off the counters, you know, so that we didn't have so much clutter and chaos in you know our tiny 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 little kitchen but my or put a sink a kitchen sink in you know he's like oh my gosh like I can you know and my uncle totally would have done it too and he's like let me like get you in a better situation and it's not a sense of judgment like it's not like my mom could have just whipped up some cupboards and stuff they wanted to help her but she was like nope no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I don't need you. I don't need you. Which that really, really frustrated a lot of people. Um, and us as well, because in a lot of ways, how freaking selfish of her, you know? Um, why, why? Like our lives would have been so much better if she would have just let somebody help us. But that's the other thing. Kinda, I don't know if you've ever heard a, a saying called, you can't lead a horse to water. Well, um, and basically, and make it drink. The horse has to want to suck up the water and drink it. So um, that is exactly my mom. Like, I don't understand why she wanted her life to be so hard. And that is also something that I see in other people. And my one sister now being just like that, which is a situation we'll get into later. But um, it's like, why do you want to suffer? That blows my mind. And that's what I mean, actually. Okay, so just right there, that's what I mean. There are opportunities that are thrown your direction and you either choose to take them or you choose not to. So in what world, why would she not want us, even if she was, and, and you know what? Eat your pride. I'm sorry. If someone, you know, you got to get through life. Sometimes don't be so freaking proud. Do what you know is the right thing. Even if you don't want it and you're embarrassed to get the help because you can't do it. But I don't know why she'd even be embarrassed because it's not like she could have done it herself and she's choosing not to. A person only has so many things that they can do. Everybody is good at some things and bad at other things you know, own it. Okay. I don't know how to put in a sink 
and pipes and I don't know how to build cupboards. Okay, cool. We have a brother that would love to do it for you. So frick woman, let him. You had this other person too, the dad to this religious family. He would love to come. Like God, the church would have loved to have donated to help her living situation be better. Nope, she wouldn't let them. And I remember being very frustrated because think of us. Think of us as kids living like this. And that I know is exactly why they wanted to help us because it wasn't even really for my mom or, well, it was, but it was also a lot for us kids. We didn't have anywhere to have a bath. We didn't have a kitchen sink to wash the dishes. We didn't even have running water. Like, why would you not let people who have the ability to help you, help you? Even if, swallow your fucking pride and let them help your kids. You know, even if you don't want to do it for yourself, you know what? Wow. Think of your children. Think of what they need. Um... You know, so that really frustrated me, to put it politely, because, um, yeah, and like literally our door to the house, it like we would always have to. It didn't just like you open a door and you just walk through it and you shut it. We always had to. It was like the hinges were, I don't know, it was like separated from the house or something, but we would have to kind of lift the door and kind of walk it over and then push it kind of into the hole um, to where the front door was. So, like, why would you not let somebody help you put a door on properly? Our stairs that we had going up into the the front door, eventually somebody built some stairs there, but they were pretty freaking rickety, you know? And you think, you're you're coming in, you're bringing in wood, you know, it's like a... How we didn't get more hurt, I don't honestly know. But, um, yeah, I, d- I just don't understand why she her she said, oh, well, she's too proud and everything comes with strings attached. You know, her, her uh, what was her thing she used to say? Uh, I don't know, something basically about strings. At- oh, jumping through the hoops. That was the other thing. Anything um, where she would you know, say with welfare or whatever. Oh, you had to jump through all these hoops. I'm like, I get that. But then get yourself to a place where you don't need to jump through the hoops. And if you have to go through the hoops, then go through the hoops, you know? Wham. Yes, I know it's frustrating, but you know what? Try. Try. Or or if somebody offers you an easy pass, like saying, hey, for... I would love to help you. Let me put in some cupboards, you know, for you. So you have somewhere to store your stuff and it's safe from all the mice and grime that's in your home, you know, and it would just be so much easier. Um, Why would you not? There's no hoops. There's no hoops, you know? It's not like they, it, it was your brother. God, that's what he did all the time. He he actually, my my mom's brother, my uncle, he would, he flipped houses. Like, hello. Oh my God. And he's your brother. There's no hoops going to be made there. He just wants to see you be better. He wants to see his 
little nieces and nephews not have to struggle so hard? And because I did ask him, I said, you know what, how come you didn't come and visit more often? And he said, you know what, it's because it broke my heart. He goes, it broke my heart to see you guys living that way. And your mom wouldn't let me help, you know, not even like, you know, get you some running water, get you this. He said, it just was too hard to be around. And I, I get that. I so get that. I didn't at the time. I kind of thought, geez, were we not good enough to hang out with? Was it because I was dirty? Is it because I wasn't a good enough person? You know, of course, as a child, you you wonder, what did you do? Like, did was I not polite enough when you came by? Or, you know, what could I have done differently to make you want to see me more? And he was like, it wasn't anything that you did. It was basically my mom and how she just... It's like she wanted to live that way. She wanted to struggle. And you will find that there are people out there, um, and that's what I call like victims, you know. There are true victims who have no control and can't do anything. But then you have people like that situation where they had options and they said no. And it's your brother for crying out loud. Like, it's not like, oh my God, if I do this for somebody, they're going to want, I don't know, now they'll owe me or they'll like, or I'll owe them. You know what I mean? Like somehow they'll have something over you and you won't be able to have the option to say no when you want to. I totally get that situation. Like if that's how it comes with, then for sure, you don't want a power imbalance. But if you're someone that just genuinely wants to help someone, because you see them struggling and it's not due to anything that they could change. That's just normal human empathy. So anyways, so uh, anyways, that frustrated me, let's just say. So um, yeah, so I, I get it now, but at the time, of course I internalized it because I loved him and I adored him and he was such a nice, normal person. So, um, yeah, it was really, really sad that we didn't get to see him. But as I grew up, um, we did reconnect, you know, and I still chat with him now, which is awesome. But, um, and I did have actually another auntie that came out, my mom's sister, who had some drug issues and uh, used to live in like a big city, like, she lived in Vancouver and, um, and for some reason she was up here visiting my mom, which was great. I thought, um, her and, um, her brother, uncle, my uncle Don, um, came to visit my mom. And I remember my uncle Don was a real sweetie and he was, uh, had some mental trauma or something. I don't know. He had, he was kind of like a little, I don't want to say simple, but he was a, a kind of simple-minded. He was a bit like immature for his age, but he wasn't a bad person at all. He just kind of had a different kind of mental capacity of, I don't know. I don't know. He just didn't seem to be the sharpest knife in the drawer, but he was a nice guy. You know, I don't know how to, how else to say that. But the, my auntie, um, she came and I'll never forget one time 
where she actually, I went to go and cuddle up with her because she was lying on the couch and I was like so excited to have like aunties and uncles here. And I'm like, oh my God, this is so cool. And so she was sleeping on the couch, having a nap. And I just like kind of crawled in behind her while she was sleeping there. And um, cause of course it was daytime, you know, and we're all running around and she's having a nap on the couch. And so I go there and I, I lie on the couch and I just cuddle up in behind her and put my arm over her. And I'm like, oh, I got an auntie on the couch sleeping and I'm just having some little cuddle time. And she grabs my hand and she sticks it up her shirt and puts my hand on her boob. And I'm like, what the fuck? Uh, okay. Like, I was pretty young. I don't know how old I was, actually, to be honest. But I just kind of went, oh, uh, okay. And I just kind of tried to kind of wiggle my hand away, thinking, okay, are you dreaming? You know, like, what are you, you know, having a dirty dream or something? And you're like, oh, yay. So, and... uh and so I kind of tried to pull my hand away and she kind of had it there and was like kind of hanging on to it and kind of sort of put it back there. And I was just like, okay, nope, this is not why I was planning on cuddling with you. So I uh, basically ended up kind of like, oh, acting like I was going to, I was trying to reposition and I was uncomfortable or something. So I ended up wiggling my hand out of there and yeah, that, uh, I didn't cuddle her again. <laughs> Let's just say, I was like, okay, never mind. Maybe you're not the cuddle up auntie. So yeah, that happened like once. And then we never did see her again. So I was just like, okay. And that actually kind of leads me into another, um, phase of stuff where basically I had, uh, my mom and uh when she would try to find us father figures they always um they were very nice men and um and i remember one time this one fellow we would go out to his place and we would go and spend the day and he lived like way out kind of the middle of nowhere and um we would i don't know run around outside i remember running around and he had lots of property and stuff and then we'd come inside and he'd make us lunch and we just kind of hung out and chilled actually that guy was actually pretty good he he actually never did try anything with me I don't know about the boys but he was actually a nice guy but there was other times where um different guys would sort of take us for the day to kind of go do I remember this one situation I don't even remember who the guy was but he came, picked us up for the day, took us out, um, like, you know, took us out and we did stuff. I honestly don't even remember what we did. Maybe took us to the park or, or whatever. It was nothing like traumatic. It was actually like a nice, fun day. And I thought, wow, this is pretty cool. And so he drove us back, um, and it was getting really late. And so, uh, and it must've been a school night or something. I wonder, 
because I remember saying, okay, guys, like, you need to go to bed, like, and he was just kind of lingering around, like, so he came, dropped us off, and it was dark, and um, so we sat there and hung out and just kind of visited with him in our house, and I was like, okay, guys, like, hey, you know, to my brothers, it's time to go to bed, it's, you know, trying to give him the hint to be like, hey, dude, thanks for the day, but get going, and my mom was at work, um, and she would work, you know, graveyards a lot, um, this was when she was working, and, um, she, anyway, so this guy didn't want to leave, and so I put the boys to bed, and I was like, okay, yep, so, wow, yeah, it's late, and, you know, we should, I gotta get up for school the next day, and stuff like that, and, so he's sitting on the couch and I'm sitting on the couch and because it's not like there's a whole lot of seating in there and the freaking guy puts his hand on my leg and starts raising it up my inner thigh and I'm like uh so then of course I just kind of wiggle and go like uh oh hey and I went and actually I'm like oh I better check on the boys or something like that nice jumped up out of my seat um and uh so then I actually went and got we had a big dog at the time and I went and got the dog from I don't know where the dog was dog might have been in the boot room or something or what we called our boot room and so I went and got the dog actually and then I grabbed it by the collar and I just kind of like puffed up kind of pulled pulled the collar like closer to the dog's say head so that it kind of looked more aggressive and you know and I said I think it's time for you to leave and uh he's like oh well you know you know kind of like trying to imply that I misunderstood I said no I think it's time for you to go now you know and uh he goes oh okay yeah 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 for sure blah 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 and then he ended up leaving and then so I shut the door and of course the door was like loose and stuff but it had a deadbolt which I'm pretty sure I think it did anyways and I locked it to the best of my ability and immediately after that well first I was like holy fuck my adrenaline's just pumping and everything but I called my mom and I said mom um he just tried he made a sexual advance at me and she's like oh my god are you okay and blah 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 and that was one thing too that my mom was very she never not believed us and I I think it's because she too had I don't know if my grandpa or somebody but she was sexually abused I'm very sure not that she talked about it but she was a big advocate of no one is allowed to like touch you and this but um and if they do you know tell me and uh because she says you know it happens and so I told her and it was great because she totally believed me and she didn't question anything like that and I had actually had another situation when I was just a little little girl where this guy tried to Um, He got me naked and pulled me up on top of him. And I must have been, I don't know, five years old or something. And, uh, And 
he was trying to have sex with me and he was just about to and um, actually my mom and his dad they had been out doing stuff and I'm not sure what and I know that sounds kind of sketchy but my mom so this guy the dad and the mom to this son were good friends and so and I just happened and I don't know like I know there was nothing sexually going on with them um, but they were just nice people and um, you know poor but nice people and not that you know anyway so uh, they had been out doing something and I remember me my two brothers and my sister was at home so it must have been around well it was less when I was obviously younger than 10 and um and I they came in and they were like where's Lisa I guess because all I remember is I was naked he was naked he was pulling me up on top of him and we were sitting there naked tummy to tummy and um he was just kind of starting to you know play with me there and um and I was like, oh, how am I going to get out of this? And in busted, his dad came busting in, grabbed me, gave me to my mom. And my mom is like hugging me. And then the dad proceeded to like beat the shit out of his son. He's like, what the fuck are you doing? Oh, my God. And his dad like super, I think, it well who doesn't adore a little girl, I guess, but he was such a nice man. And we, I just remember he was a very kind guy and he would like, you know, play with us and just a nice, normal person. So obviously he was like, oh my God, you know, because I, I'm assuming the dad liked me, you know, and uh, he felt very protective of me and he was just horrified. Like, oh my God, what are you doing? And so, yeah, he proceeded to kind of beat the shit out of him. All I remember is that I got pulled off him and given to my mom. And then my mom's like, oh, my God, are you okay? Blah, blah, blah. And that's not okay what he did. But, uh, you know, and so I felt safe in everything, which was great. And then all I know is that the dad grabbed the, the son who actually, so this son, he was like, a, he was a teenager. So he was like probably 16 ish like he was older so it wasn't like you know and uh, he definitely knew what he was doing was wrong and then later on actually in life I asked my sister I said what the heck like why did you why did you let me go back there and she goes um, well I didn't go back there because I knew what he was gonna do she's like I'm not stupid and so I kind of thought, well, then why the hell did you let me go back there? Like, I didn't know. I was just like, no, sure. Yeah. You know, ignorant and dumb because I'm like five. So, yeah, it's kind of odd that she didn't. But she's like, no, I didn't go there. She was just sitting. They were sitting in the living room watching cartoons on the TV. My sister and my two younger brothers. And, um, yeah, she's like, no. I knew I wasn't going back there because I knew what he was up to. <laughs> I guess don't worry about me. I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of weird, but 
thanks lady but i remember asking her and that was her reaction she goes well i didn't go back there i knew what he was trying to do i was like okay so thanks for watching out for me but what do you do i guess so yeah so that was so basically any kind of father figure kind of thing that guy they always tried to make sexual advances at me and it was so annoying because i'm like hey why can you not just be normal nice people that want to hang out with kids and why does everyone want to keep trying to screw me like literally like can't you all just not be weirdos and just there's got to be some nice normal freaking people out there so anyways i've already kind of got you into an hour here and when on um, my next podcast i'll actually go into how on the same topic how my mom's um boss ended up actually turning out to be um anyways the story about him and continue on this topic okay so you guys take care and listen to the next one and i guess right now this isn't leaving on a positive note but i promise it will get better and um yeah we'll talk to you again okay have a fabulous day and stay safe and i hope you stay with me take care bye